the defence of Rourke's drift confronts you immediately with a paradox. It's such a quintessentially British subject, and yet it's by a French artist. And so you'll find a very British-looking painting hanging with the other European paintings of the late 19th century, French, German and Italian. The artist Alphonse de Neuville was one of the most successful military painters of his time, but his name is not so well known today, so what we're primarily interested in here is the story. And it's a picture which doesn't mean much until you know the story, but as soon as you do know the story, it becomes really quite compelling. And if you do get into this painting as a piece of storytelling, then I think you do begin to see why the artist was so highly regarded in his own day. The Defence of Rourke's Drift is a very famous episode in the war between the British and the Zulus, which took place in 1879. In South Africa, a drift is a crossing point on a river. Rourke's Drift was a crossing point on the Buffalo River, which led from the British colony of Natal into Zululand. Nearby, there stood a homestead built by a man called Jim Rourke, who gave his name to the place, and those are the buildings we see in the painting. In January 1879, Lord Chelmsford led a British army across the Buffalo River at Rourke's Drift to embark on an invasion of Zululand. This did not go at all as the British expected, because not long afterwards, at a place called Isandlwana, the Zulu army inflicted on them a massive defeat. Contingent of around 1,350 men were massacred by the Zulus almost to a man. What we see in de Neuville's painting is the aftermath of that event. If you could remove the hill on the left-hand side, you would see Isandlwana in the distance. And around the middle of the afternoon on that day, the 22nd of January 1879, a few survivors from Isandlwana who'd managed to escape on horseback passed by Rourke's Drift and raised the alarm. A huge Zulu army was advancing on them. As you can see, Rourke's Drift was not in any way a defensive position. The British were using it as a storehouse and a hospital, and a company of men were stationed there, B Company, 2nd Battalion, 24th Regiment, in their red jackets. But even including the hospital patients, there were less than 150 men. The Zulu army which now descended on them is thought to have numbered around 4,500. There was about an hour and a half between the first warnings and the Zulus' first attack. To flee was impossible, not without leaving behind the hospital patients, and so the British had to grimly set about improvising some defences. As you can see, a barricade between the storehouse and the hospital was built using two wagons and an infill of mealy bags. The buildings were loopholed, which means they had slots cut in the wall for firing positions, and on the right side, a longer barricade of mealy bags was built. And this ran along a rocky ledge, beyond which the land fell steeply away. And you can see this from the fact that one of the soldiers is pointing his rifle downwards. At the last minute, another barricade was built. And this one was made of biscuit boxes. And it ran across from the corner of the storehouse and cut the area to be defended into two. It was a retrenchment barricade to which the soldiers could retreat, and to which they did retreat when they were overwhelmed at the outer perimeter. In reality, this was a solid barricade of biscuit boxes, two boxes high. The artist just shows a few boxes which scarcely form a wall at all, but at least he knew what sort of boxes they were, as you can see from the fact that he put a stencil on one of them, which reads, Commissariat, Navy Biscuit. The Zulu attack on Rourke's Drift lasted in all nearly 12 hours. The Zulu army first attacked on the left side, but actually this was the better defended side, so after a while they'd swung round to the right side, which is where we see them in the painting. But a number of Zulus armed with guns were stationed on the lower slopes of the hill on the left, and they kept firing from there on the backs of the defenders. And in the painting you can see the smoke from their guns, and you can also see that one of the soldiers at the barricade on the right has been shot in the back. Below the group of trees on the right side of the painting there was a garden wall, and behind this the Zulus could shelter between each attack. 
and it was quite a short sprint up to the barricade, and this meant that the British didn't have time to reload their rifles, so much of the fighting was actually hand-to-hand. The Zulus with their short stabbing spears, or assegais, and the British with their bayonets. After about one and a half hours fighting, the Zulus succeeded in setting fire to the thatched roof of the hospital, and this is pretty much the moment represented in our painting. And just then, Zulus also managed to get into the hospital, and in the pokey little rooms of that building, with thatch catching fire above, there was an extraordinary and terrifying episode in which the handful of soldiers stationed in the hospital managed, incredibly, to both fend off the Zulus and simultaneously, by hacking their way through the internal walls, to get the 30-something patients, or nearly all of them, to a small window from which they could be evacuated. And the left-hand side of de Nerville's painting shows the story of this evacuation. You see the soldiers who have already been ferried across to the relative safety of the biscuit box barricade. You see those in the process of being ferried across, and you see those being manhandled out of the window. Actually, we now think that de Neuville got the story a bit wrong here, because it appears the evacuation of the hospital did not take place until after the soldiers had retreated behind the biscuit box barricade. So all the hospital patients, in fact, had to hobble or crawl or drag themselves across the yard, as we see just one man doing in the painting. The heroes of Rorkstrift were many. Eleven VCs were awarded. The VC, or Victoria Cross, is of course the highest award for bravery that a British soldier can win, and never before or since have so many been awarded for a single action. Not all the VC winners are represented in the painting, but there are about five or six who actually sat to the artist, or whose likeness he took from photographs. I can't explain that all to you here, but if you're in the gallery, you'll find an information board which tells you who's who. And if you do find yourself getting interested in the story of Rourke's Drift, and if you think you'd like to find out more about it, you'll very soon discover that you're not alone. There are excellent books on the subject, some published in the last few years. We have most of them in the Art Gallery Reference Library, or I could direct you to the Rourke's Drift website, rourkesdriftvc.com.